so much. Uh, Brother Van came to Egypt, visited Egypt in another mission called, uh, no, it's not working. So, okay. Yeah, I can use this one. I can use this one. Okay. Yeah, if it's okay, I can use this you one. You can use it all day. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. So uh, I just want to say, uh, I am, my name is Daniel, and this is my nickname. So you may ask my real name. I may not disclose it, especially when we are recording, okay? Why? Because the Congress session two years ago, they ended up with 80% of our imams. Are you familiar with this term? Imam is a priest at the mosque. Mosque is a place where Muslims pray. So imam, I-M-A-M, is a priest. 80% of our imams in America are linked to Al-Qaeda. And I got this many times at the mosques in America. They come outside and say, can I take a picture to you? I said, oh, I don't like pictures. Can I, oh, what's your name? Where do you live? Okay, so this is my name, Daniel Ted. I go by this nickname. My, I, have, uh, uh, I have family, my wife, and four kids. We moved to America six years ago. But my ministry in Egypt, I lead 15 house churches. Are you familiar with this term? Underground church. It's considered illegal in a Muslim country. And in e Egypt is the biggest Sunni Islamic country. Now Islam is two big sects, like uh, big divisions, big denominations, like Christianity, Protestant, and Catholic. There are Sunni and Shi'i. Are you familiar with these two terms, Sunni and Shi'i? Thank you so much. Egypt is the biggest Sunni. Iran is the biggest Shi'i. And they are enemy. They fight with each other. If not uh, fighting, regular fighting, it's like hidden fighting. And send the militant different places to kill each other. Because as we will do training, we will discuss more about Islam. Um, I moved, I, I led 15 house churches. In these house churches, you can see converts, Muslims who accept Jesus Christ, we call them converts. So these converts, they come and join these house churches because they cannot go to a public church like this. That's why it's only the grace of God because we here worship God freely, publicly, uh, until now, and we see it everywhere. It's just the great grace of God. People, we have some of these house churches meet, start meeting at 12 a.m. And goes up to 6 a.m. And I have some pastors, Calvary Chapel pastors, who visited Egypt, who saw this. Brother Van saw some of it because their visit was for the orphanage, not for the house churches. But they saw a lot of this hidden church. They love Jesus so much. And they can't raise their voices outside the places they are meeting because it's illegal. So this is what I do in Egypt. And as I help Muslims in Egypt getting their new identity when they accept Jesus Christ. So in the ID card, like a driver's license in Egypt, you, have to, it, you, you must put your religion. So when anyone pick your ID and say, you know, yeah, you are a Christian, you can get a good job because it's clear in your ID. You'll be humiliated in many places where you go and just because you are a Christian and it's in your ID. So a Muslim was born with a, with a Muslim ID. And when he accepts Jesus Christ, he will encounter the biggest problem, which is he want to live his life as a Christian, but he can't. Because as we're going to explain what's Islam, Islam is not a religion. Islam is a spiritual demonic movement. And I'm going to explain it from the Bible. I'm going to bring everything from the Bible that everyone are going to know what is this. And please, make a little bit of differentiation between Islam as ideology and who are the people. What's the name of the people? Muslims. Thank you so much. So Muslims, sorry, I have to uh, uh, press on some 
uh, fundamental information because some people may not on the same page. So Muslims are the people. I love Muslims so much. And I will explain how we love Muslims and how we can tell them about Jesus. But I have a problem with Islam, which is ideology. You understand what I'm saying? I have a problem with the book. Like the early Christianity, when there are Roman, Roman, the Roman Empire, they have their pagan ideology. Did the church encounter it or became silent? Did the church encounter it? Of course. Who has the upper hand? At the end, it was the church. Who is more powerful? But it should be some sort of a battle. It should be some sort of encounter. Are you familiar with the term jihad? Are you familiar with this? How you define it? Killing non-Muslims. Killing non-Muslims. I have documents, by the way, if anyone want to know. And I put in the back, outside in the foyer, a sign-up sheet for anyone who want to sign up for our newsletter to get news about testimonies. I also left a paper about testimonies, Muslims accepting Jesus Christ in the back. We are eyewitness for this. It's not, it's not hard. It's easier than talking to non-Muslims. It's easier to talk to a Muslim. It's easier for him to accept Jesus Christ than non-Muslims. Do you believe in this? We have a team and the team is in different places, different states, reaching out to Muslims. We have a team who will go to, uh, go to Manhattan, big mosque, close to ground zero, every Friday, preach the gospel. Six strong evangelists in New York City preaching the gospel. And you can imagine how they came back, how they came back with a lot of testimonies. And they get me on the phone because I put myself on call at this time if they got a problem with a militant or something like this. And do you know what happened today? We prayed with five people to receive Jesus Christ in the streets of Manhattan. I said, what's their name? So Muhammad and Ali and Ahmed. I said, glory to God. Then I look, you guys don't have any non-Muslim names on your list? No. Because others are, you know, stubborn. They want to hear about it. And they give you, if I can say, the left hand of fellowship. They just, we don't want to hear about it. So I'm going to say great news about Muslim. God is visiting Muslims these days. There is a name, there is something called this, the... Um, the time of visitation, Jesus spoke about. Do you remember when he wept over Jerusalem? And he said, I cry, I weep over you because you don't know your time of visitation. And it's now done. And your house will be destroyed soon. What happened after that? Complete destruction. Because they didn't know their time of visitation. This is a, now the time of visitation of Muslims. Again, I have hundreds of testimonies, hundreds of testimonies, but because time. So anyway, this is what I did in Egypt. I came to America uh, 2010 here as a visitor for three months. Then the security police break through my house and they put me on the arrest list during my visit here in America with my family. And I said, it's a good timing. I'm in America, but because I'm a pharmacist, so I have to my two own pharmacies in Egypt back, 21 employees, and I said, oh, I'm going back to my business. I can't stay here in America, what I'm gonna do? Then I had to stay. I can't tell the story here in the Homeland Security in, is in 220 pages. I can't tell it now. But anyway, I stayed, I had to stay. Then I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? Oh, it looks like I'm gonna stay in America. What do you want me to do? Continue. What you are doing? I said, oh, 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 what? I have a big family. I have four kids and my wife and no income. What should I do? Then I studied, get the, are you familiar with internship? Get internship in CVS. And while I'm working in CVS, filling medications, getting people's phone calls and all this stuff, God called me and said, what are you doing? I'm building my savings. I'm getting a big, the dreams of my families. I am widening my comfort zone. And I'm, I'm making my kingdom. 
It's a big dream to be a pharmacist in America and get all this money. Then God said, stop it. What? <laughs> no, I studied for two years and have to deal with all types of uh, uh, tests, standardized tests, they call them, in the board of pharmacy here to get anyway. I left. And I obeyed God. I said, okay, you want me to be a full-timer? Yes. Then I went to my kids. My kids were not happy because they know what's the meaning of full-timer. You're going down. And you're leaving your comfort zone. But I looked at Jesus and said, oh, Lord, what do you think? You want me to be a failure, not, not, not being working as a pharmacist? You want me to leave my comfort zone? Then he asked me, did I leave my comfort zone? I said, yeah, Jesus, you did leave your comfort zone. You didn't have, really, you didn't have a comfort zone. <laughs> Just follow me. Then anyway, anyway, I left and I continued doing this ministry. It's called the Christian Islamic Dialogue. What called, God called me to do is to go to Muslims where they are, where they pray and preach the gospel to them, carry the gospel to them. So this is my introduction. I know that I took like two minutes in my introduction. More. Okay. So the vision is to carry the gospel to Muslims where they worship. Why we go to these places? Why we go to mosques? It is too hard. No, it's too, it's too easy. And I, I love so much to mention some testimonies about people who has no idea how to reach out to Muslims. And they only have the love of Jesus Christ, which is the key to reach out to Muslims and non-Muslims. But I want you to know, if we as Christians, I'm talking to you and you are filming me, and maybe many people are going to hear it. If you are Christians in America, or if we are Christians in America, and we'll be living in our comfort zone, and we'll be staying silent, we are practicing what's called a silent jihad. Are you familiar with this term? Okay, silent jihad. You know jihad is killing others. Jihad in Islam is killing non-Muslims. So are you a Muslim? No. You have to be a Muslim. No, I don't like to be a Muslim. Okay, boom. You can read the history to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you can ask me back outside on the table to prove what I'm saying. We Christians practice jihad by being silent. Do nothing. We can partner with people who kill others by just being silent. I say why. We are Christians. We are saved by Jesus Christ. We know that we have eternal life for us. That's great. But God put in our, in our hearts to have a responsibility towards us, towards others. Do we? Should we? Or it's okay. I have the grace of God. I'm, I'm living my life. I have my, my way to heaven. I don't have any responsibilities. This is not a Christian who has this term. You have a responsibility towards others. <coughs> Excuse me. Because people in the, in outside Christ, they are drowning in the sea. If you are standing by the ocean, and you are in an island, and people are drowning every day in the sea, and you don't throw a life jacket to them, what you call ourselves? What you call yourself? Thank you so much. This is silent jihad. I'm not going to do anything. I just, I'm enjoying in my comfort zone. I have a good family and a good wife. And I have um, a nice savings. Just like, it looks like my future is okay. I'm not going to care about these people are dying. I don't care about Muslims. They are going to hell. They deserve it. They deserve it because I saw in Fox News and CNN how horrible are these people. I know. What you call yourself when you have this. This is what we do, Christians. That's why, again, I'm saying a warning, sign. My teaching is not today about more as a Bible study. My teaching today is yelling and warning to the church in America to see what I'm saying about invading, invasion 
of a spiritual invasion of Islam to our country. I'm not talking about physical invasion. Please, please try to understand me. I'm not talking about a spiritual, I'm not talking about physical invasion. We are far away from this. I'm talking about spiritual invasion. What I mean by this? I'm not going to mention the name of this church. But this may be the future of every church in America. This is a church in Massachusetts. And I was in Boston. As I move around training different peoples. And as we will offer training for these people who are going to sign up for us. If you sign up for us, we're going to talk with Pastor Donnie and brothers here how we to do this type of training to you. This church, I got a call while I'm in Boston. Hey, are you Daniel, the leader? Of, yeah, I am a leader of CID. Can I come and who are you, Pastor? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, you can come. Then he drove to me, and I met him with, his, with the elder, one of the elders. And he said, can you help us? I said, what's your problem? He said, we share the wall with the mosque. So it's like a big room. They divide the room with wall, and the mosque is here, the church is here. And he said that, I have a lot of knowledge about Islam, by the way. I said, good, you're a pastor, know about Islam. He said, I know this. I said, how you know all these details? <laughs> this is very detailed. He said, because I hear it through the wall. <laughs> I can hear their teaching through the wall. I said, oh, okay, okay. It's not a big deal. He said, no, no. Because Muslims start evangelizing my people. And they are changing. Muslims change their time of prayer instead of Friday, which is the biggest day, to be Sunday. And when they dismiss people in the parking lot, Christians and Muslims together. And as most Christians are not equipped to talk to a Muslim, they start snatching people, kidnapping people. They start uh, evangelizing people from my flock. So they stole few girls from my church. Now I understand. <laughs> okay. So what do you think? What do you want to do? I, I said, how can I solve this problem? I said, throw the life jacket to them. If you are in a game and you play on defense, are you going to lose or win? Do you agree with me? If you are not aggressive and you play on offense, you are going to lose. We church play on defense, do we? We play on defense. We just stay in our church. That's okay. And people are going to come. This is not what Jesus said. Jesus said what? Go. So I pray now. I'm not going to continue until we pray for a quick, for, for, for a minute. I pray that this echo of Jesus, what he said, to be imprinted in our hearts now, to go. Go, please leave your home for a time. I'm not saying stay homeless. I'm not saying this. Leave family for a time. Leave wife and kids for a time, certain specific time. You understand me? I am not saying leave them alone all. Leave them all the time. Give a specific time to follow Jesus' model. What, what, how you summarize Jesus' life? What do you think? How you summarize it? Thank you so much. In Acts 10, 42, it's not here in my notes. Jesus, who was anointed by the Holy Spirit, who went about. Are you familiar with this verb? Went about? Traveler. How we Christians look like him, we're still far away from him. <laughs> we don't do this. <laughs> so maybe Jesus is wrong, and because we are the majority, 
No, <laughs> we are wrong. <laughs> if the church don't go about on a traveling basis, on a traveling mode all its life, we are losing. What's happening in Massachusetts in this church are going to happen in every church in America if we don't wake up. The message of Jesus Christ is not a message of entertainment. It's a message of salvation. And if it was not given to people through us, it won't be given to by any way. It's a responsibility. You are not saved to enjoy life among Christians. You are not saved just to go to church. You are not saved just to study the Bible without applying it. We are not saved to do this. So I'm putting a responsibility. And then I said to the pastor in this church, I said, Pastor, the only hope for you is to play on offense, to play aggressive. <laughs> he said, what do you mean? <laughs> we are not in a, in a match. I said, no, 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 we are. <laughs> we are in a war. If you attack your enemy, you're going to win. If you wait, just wait. Just silent jihad. Are you familiar now with this term? Silent jihad? If you practice silent jihad as a vast majority of Muslims, you're going to lose your flock. So, so, so what, do you, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to come to your church. I'm going to bring my team. We know how to reach out to many, many Muslims at the same. At, in, in two hours, we can, we can talk to. I count. In one day in Arizona State University, are you familiar with ASU in Tempe? Big mosque there. I count in one day. Excuse me, can I get some napkins? I count in one day. Thank you so much. I count in one day. I talked to 19 Saudis from Saudi Arabia. In one day, full presentation of the gospel. So I said, I'm going to come. I'm going to bring my team. I'm going to talk to Muslims, carry the gospel to them. And the pastor said, no. I said, why, pastor? We just carry the message of Jesus Christ. We say it very lovingly. We went to the big mosque, the biggest mosque in London called Regent Park Mosque when Muslims come out of the mosque, thousands of people. And we didn't encounter a problem because we love them. I said, no, 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 no. I have a peace with the leaders at the mosque. We don't want to break this peace. I said, what type of peace, pastor? And they are stealing your flock. <laughs> what type of peace you are talking about? <laughs> they are stealing your sheep. <laughs> you are losing. The gospel is the hope. Bring the gospel to these people, otherwise they are going to attack you always and stealing your sheep. And we are in the process of encouraging this poor pastor. I'm not condemning him. We just come alongside him and we encourage him. And we're going to do a class in Boston soon to help this church. This will be the future of churches in America if we don't wake up. What we should do, I'm going to say. Okay, so this is CID vision, carrying the gospel. What's a biblical basis? John 10, 16. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them I also must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. I have some testimonies in this area when we carry the gospel. First time... Uh, 2010, after a couple of weeks, and I had to stay, and I said, Lord, okay, what do you want me to do? Go to, the go to the temple. Jesus went to the temple. Is this correct? He went to the temple. Then follow me. Just follow me. He said, okay, I'm going to go to the temple. Oh, Muslims, they don't have to. Oh, you mean mosque? Okay. Then I went to the mosque, and I shared with many Christians here. I said, what? You want to go to the mosque? They're going to kill you. I said, no, they won't. <laughs> then... I got only one brother who stayed one block away from the mosque, putting two tables in the street with a chair. I said, I'm going to watch what will happen with you. I said, okay. Then I just ran to the mosque with have a gospel of John, bilingual gospel of John. I said, Lord, it looks like I'm a full person. No one want to believe what you give it to me. And we are in front of 1.6 billion people. The biggest nation on earth. No one reached out to them. 
Lord, what do you want me to do? Then I saw a guy running to the mosque. His name is Ali. Ali was running to catch the prayer. I said, hey, hey, guy, can I give you a gift? What's this? Gospel of John. He looked to the, the Gospel of John. He said, you know, it's the first time in my life to see this book. And I said, where are you from, sir? I said, from Saudi. He said, from Saudi Arabia. What do you do here? I'm getting my master in ASU. I said, that's great. Awesome. Can you accept my gift? Then he looked to me, I my eye to my eye, and I said, please pray that God will open my eyes. What? Then he ran. <laughs> so I said, wow, it looks like God is here. Why well, have to wait anyone to support me? Then I continued. Week after week, I tell people like you, and I invite everyone to come to the mosque. You will have my information. I think you have my information here in this paper. Call me if you want to follow Jesus. What I mean by following Jesus, if you want to follow Jesus, do like him. Reach out to people. This is the main job. This is the vision of Jesus Christ. is to look for who, who is lost. Am I correct? You agree with me? This was the vision of Jesus Christ. What was the vision of our church today? Churches have different visions. <laughs> Many of them, unfortunately, they don't have this vision. To look for the lost. They want to grow bigger. They want to get healthier. They want to get to be a fatty church. Full of fatty babies. You agree with me? You see what I'm saying? Because they're not following. They are not doing like Jesus. He is our, by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discuss this here, the spiritual blindness in the church today. But I'm going to finish the testimonies. So anyway, this is Ali. The second one is Hamza. Hamza is from Taliban. Are you familiar with this term? Taliban, Afghanistan. Taliban, thank you. Sorry, I have an accent. So <laughs> Anyway, I know him because his dress code, because the way how he talks, and Hamza was very devoted Muslims at this mosque. And we start approaching as a team, talking to him a couple times. Then at the time of prayer, he starts leaving prayer at the mosque and stay with us, listening to our speech. Then I have gently to him, Hamza, they are calling for prayer. Go and do your prayer. He said, no, no, I feel peace when I stay with you guys. This is a big sign, by the way. The big sign. Then I said, okay, can I invite you to church, Hamza? Then I took him to Calvary Chapel. One of, one of the team took him to the Calvary Chapel Apache Junction, Pastor Charlie Johnson. And he went inside. He listened to the praise. He listened to the teaching. He came out saying, it's first time in my life to feel God's presence. A guy from Taliban. This is very important story. Why? Because let's look to the world. The world took all its military power, all its political power to go to, Tal to, go to Afghanistan to change Taliban. Did they succeed? <laughs> Taliban is still there. And a matter of fact, another version pop up, which is ISIS <laughs> and other places. When our political and military leaders are going to declare their failure, when? They never. Thank you so much. They never. What's that? Yeah, but it may be too late. What I want to say, what all the militant power, all the weapons, all the technology couldn't do it to change Taliban people, the gospel did it. The gospel of Jesus Christ did it. That's why I put the responsibility in front of all of us as American Christians. We are the only hope for the world. If we are equipped, if we were serious, 
And if we carry the gospel, if we throw the life jacket to people who are drowning, if we do it, we are the only hope for the gospel. But otherwise, the, the world leaders are going to go from failure to failure. From failure to failure. They can't address the, the problem. Most of the world people, they do this. Oh, we don't see the problem. Well, what is the problem you're talking about? I said, what? Don't you see all the victims who are dying every day? Don't you see them? Don't you see the family who are destroyed every day? Because of one, one main reason in all the news, it's called Islam. How you address this problem? We don't know how to address it. When we stop it here, it pop up there. <laughs> Why? Because it's a spiritual problem. It's not a physical problem. And there is no physical solution for a spiritual problem. Why I say this? Okay, the third thing, the orange shirt, the, the, thir the third testimony, the orange shirt. The orange shirt guy is a guy who's very fanatic from Kuwait. When we approach the mosque at ASU, he comes very angry and said, Why you are you here, Christians? Go away. Go away. He came outside, want to fight, want to go physical. Man, we are not in the Middle East to bully us. We are in America. Wake up. You can't do this. But we talked many times. He's not, he's not, he's not, uh, he's not responding. So I said, oh, wow. Jesus gave us another thing, which is so powerful. What it is, it's called the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, if you bind anything in, on earth, it will be bound in heaven. Then I looked to him. I don't remember his name, sorry, but we call him Orange Shirt. So the Orange Shirt guy looked to him face to face and I said, in the name of Jesus, I order you calm down. Just calm down like this. You are not allowed to yell and collect all the people. He, collect, he, he gathered like 10 people around us. It was like a mess in the street, like fighting. And we don't want to make it bigger. So I just say a couple times to him face to face. I said, in the name of Jesus, calm down. After three or four times, from the name of Jesus, from ordering the name of Jesus, he come completely calm down. And I have a picture. It's not on me. In the training, we're going to show more details about all of this stuff. He calmed down very quietly. <laughs> you see him like a broken man. And I don't, I, 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 I just was awesome. The team, the team looked to each other. It worked. The name of Jesus, it worked. Wow. It's so, so powerful. Then I wake up from this situation. I, I look, 10 people are looking to the situation like this. Oh, it's time now to preach the gospel to these guys. You know, guys, we all need a redeemer. If you don't have a redeemer, you're going to go to hell like me. I'm not pointing finger to you. I'm also saying that it's only the grace of God who brought me here. And I love you guys. That's why I give you the life jacket. What's a life jacket? It's a redemption. It's a cross. We are very loving in our message in Christian Islamic dialogue, but we are very serious. Because we don't know if we're going to meet this person again or not. We try to do it in five minutes. If he gave us five minutes, we try to do it if people are still running. If people are still running, you still can put the seed of God. We're going to train you in the training if you want to do this. If people are still running, oh, you know, man, I don't have time. I just, I need to go to, to my work. If he's still running, we still can do something. Is this an aggressive mode of, uh, of evangelism? Yes. We like aggressive mode in evangelism. If it's done by love. If it's done by love. We're not there to tell people, you are condemned. You're going to hell because you're bad. No, 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 no. I say, you and me. You and me. But because of the love of God, we are here. And he giving me a chance to reach out to you. Ali in Madrid. As we go different places, Ali in Madrid, he's a Berber. The native inhabitant of northern, Afri northern Africa. Are you familiar with this term? Berber. It's called Berber. It's millions of people. So anyway, these people are, have a Christian heritage. So Ali in Madrid, I met him in the southern Spain. I gave him the gospel 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes. Because he is catching 
the bus to Madrid, 700 miles north. Then he left. I took his phone number, and I called him after 15 days. And I said, Ali, how are you doing? I give you the gospel. Did you read it? He said, yeah. You know what I'm doing? I said, Ali, what do you do? He said, I took two days off from my work to preach by this book. I love this book. I said, what? You took days off from your work, and you are a Muslim just accepting Jesus Christ, and you are talking to your people? He said, yeah, please, can you come and help us? I said, what you want help? What you want help? He said, because I don't understand a lot in this book. I preach it, but I don't understand it. I said, how you preach something? You don't understand it. He said, I just repeat the 10 minutes you told me about. He's just recording and repeating to his people. First time to see the gospel. Then I said, just, just blown me. Then I said, guys, I'm going to go drive 700 miles and see this guy. So I drove him there. I found six people are waiting just like, you know, feed me. Exactly, feed me. And I said, Ali, God's grace is amazing. He did with you more than he did with me. Of course, God's grace is the same. But God take you ways ahead of me. And he said, you see this area? The guys who did Madrid, Madrid bombing, the train bombing in Madrid, from this area. I don't remember the name. It's one of the slums. So he said, would you like? This is Ali. Okay, it's not a Christian. This is Ali. He said, would you like to come here and do your ministry? We have a lot of people here don't know anything about this book. I can rent an apartment. I can support the ministry financially. A Muslim want to support a Christian ministry because he felt the grace of God. How many of these stories we have? We have stories over stories, but I want to say two things. It's a warning for any Christian who want to stay in his comfort zone and don't give a designated time to be like Jesus, to reach out like him. It's a warning for you. The future of our country may not be good. And I'm afraid that your grandkids may come one day and say, hey, after Islam is taking. By the way, if you, if you want to know what I'm talking about, you just need to travel. Okay, 10 or 5. Okay, <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, uh, you just need to travel to Dearborn, Michigan. And you, you, you know how it's prevented, it's forbidden to carry the gospel of John, pass out tracts in the streets. You'll be arrested in America. In America. When we are going to wake up? When? Is it enough time? Is it enough message today to wake you up? To take an action? Let's pray for this before I continue the rest of my teaching. <laughs> Just a quick prayer. What we pray for, Lord, I hear the warning. And I'm going to take an action. I'm going to give some time of my time. Two, three, four, five hours to reach out. Just say it. God, God I'm going to lead you. God are going to lead you. Otherwise, don't be surprised when your grandkids come to you and say, Dad, Grandpa, why you didn't take an action? Why you didn't take an action when Islam come to our country? Why you didn't take an action? Dad, you stay silent. You practice silent jihad. You were a partner in this evil because you stay silent. I pray that the fire of God will touch every, our, our, every one of our hearts. Please. Please. Please, it's time to take an action. Please. Cancer is growing underneath. Please. The virus is, is propagating. I pray you to promise God to give half day, two or three or four hours, to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus.
I encourage everyone, if you, if, if you put your, give your time, I want to encourage everyone to go. If you want to sign up for us, that's great. We're going to do a training, and we're going to do together going outside on a regular basis. We won't go outside for a one time. My, my t- Just let's, let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, in the name of Jesus, every promise, every decision in the hearts, Lord, I want it, Lord, to be strong in the hearts, and when the enemy come, it won't it won't stop. It won't cancel this decision. When the circumstances is hard, it won't cancel this decision. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So go quickly. I'm not going to discuss about Islam today. It will be in the training. I apologize. I apologize. But if you go... In your uh, paper, you're gonna study about Islam. Our our uh, uh, our perspective about Islam is different than what you hear it in the news because the news will give you part of the truth. But here, you will have a spiritual perspective. We have a spiritual perspective. Why I say Islam is not from God? It's it's a spirit. It's not me. It's a Bible. Go to First John four one till four. This is what's Islam. Number two, beloved. You see it? First John 4, 1 till 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but, uh, but, uh, but try the spirits whether they, care, they are from God. Because many false prophets are gone out in the world. Hereby know you the spirit of God. Every spirit that confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And I want you to repeat this word. And this is that. Repeat it. A spirit of Antichrist. So how you define it? It's what? What the Bible told us. It's what? Yeah, this is that. What's after that? Spirit. So the Bible said, this is what? This is a spirit. You agree with me? It's a spirit. Don't be deceived by thinking Islam is a religion, Islam is ideology, Islam is a nation, Islam is this. No, 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 no. Islam is a spirit. And you will study more again in the training. We will give you evidences when Muhammad, are you familiar with his name, Muhammad? When he start to prophesy, what will what happened with him? You need you, you you remember when the demon possessed people came to Jesus Christ and they were convulsion, they fall, they drool, they do all this weird stuff because they were demon possessed. This was how Muhammad prophesied or claimed during the prophecy. The same like this, and we never saw a prophet claiming a prophecy like this. <laughs> but he tricked people. Say. He tricked people by saying that, oh, it's from God. But for us, he cannot trick us because we know that this is a spirit. The Bible defines it. It's not me. Why I say this? Because no one in the world can deal with the spirits. <laughs> when you come to the area of demon-possessed people, all the professors, university professors, all this doctor, all of these people are going to back up and say, oh, we can't do this with this type of problem. You Christians do it because we don't know how to deal with demon-possessed people. Well, we don't even recognize it, but it's there. How you address it. That's why I put responsibility on us. We know how to use the name of Jesus to bind and lose these demonic forces by the power of the word in our mouth. So, again, I'm not going to go through all the Islam, but I'm going to finish with a spiritual bondage. What's the meaning of spiritual bondage? In Galatians 5.1, it's not here. Jesus Christ, uh, the Bible said, abide in the freedom that Jesus gave it to uh, that was given to us and don't be entangled with any slavery any sort of slavery 
Christians, if they don't follow Jesus as his model, they will be in bondage. What I mean by this? Stay, bear a little bit with me. In John 5.39, search the scripture. And I need to understand this point because it's a thin, very thin line. Very thin line. Search the scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are which testify of me. We have a big movement in different churches that we need to study the Bible more without applying it. And it's about knowledge, not about application. And this, as I will read, it's a sign for the church in the last day. Teach me! Then I'm going to ask, if I'm going to teach you, are you going to apply it? Oh, let me think about it. <laughs> you don't need more teaching. <laughs> you don't need more teaching. What you need is to apply what you've been taught. That's why Jesus warned these people, saying that, look to the books, study the books. But the goal of these books is not only to study the books. What the goal of these books? To testify of me. Come back to the verse. Come back to the verse. John 5.39. Sorry, brother. Sorry. <laughs> John 5.39. They which testify of me. The end of the verse. So the goal of Bible study is to what? To point out to what? Jesus. Because what is our curriculum? The Bible? No. Oh, you mean let's stop studying the Bible? No, I don't mean this, of course. I mean that apply the Bible when you study it. You got my, my point? Okay. So if you go to Ephesians 5.20, 4.20, sorry. Who is our curriculum? What's our curriculum as a church? Thank you. It's Christ. So if the book is taking us to Christ and you apply the model, the pattern of Jesus Christ, you are good. If you stay studying the book, seeking only knowledge, this is not good. It's a spiritual bondage. You understand my point? Thank you. That's why I will end up with 2 Timothy 3.7. He speaks about the signs of the last days. And he's talking about a church. He's not talking about the White House. He's not talking about people in the street. This is Paul writing to Timothy. And he said, I want you to know that. In the last days, what will happen? 2 Timothy 3.7. Ever learning, 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 knowledge, 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 study, knowledge, study, knowledge, study, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Who is the truth? Thank you so much. Because he said, I'm the truth. So let's make a measurement. Let's make a standard. Whatever you study, if you are not going to be closer and closer to Jesus' pattern, there is a problem here. You agree with me? Measure your life on him. Again, how you summarize his life, he went about. That's why it's an invitation for everyone. Leave your comfort zone. Tear down your schedule. You put it. Just tear it down. And ask the Lord, Lord, I want you to put in my schedule time to do like you. Put it down first in your schedule. Then the rest is yours. Is it hard? God gave everything for us. Can we give? Cannot we give him three, four hours as a beginning to reach out to others? Is it hard, people of Christ? Is it hard, Christians? Is it hard or easy? Tell me, two or three hours every week. Two or three hours every week. Is it hard? Please, keep this word in your mouth. Thank you so much. Keep the word that you said it in your mouth. It's a promise to God that you're going to reach out. Thank you so much.
for your time. I'm gonna let to say more to say, but thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. Come on. So we're gonna we're gonna Daniel's gonna be at his table. Van and Daniel are gonna be here. If you guys have questions, uh, he would like to make himself available. Correct. We also have a sign-up sheet, and we'd like to do a class here if you are interested. It's going to be a five-week class, yeah, plus or minus? Yeah, the training is five-week, but the outreach is endless. Five weeks. Five yes, weeks. yes, five weeks, yes. Men and women? Yes. And, well, and how did the training go out of what? You teach them how to minister how? How to, how to minister to Muslims, some tips when you go and talk to Muslims, and different, many, many things. We're going to talk about Islam in America. We're going to talk about Europe. We're going to talk about the Middle East. We're going to many, many things. But also how to minister out of the Quran, no? Yes. And that's a good, a good tool that we don't, we don't delve into. But you, you yeah. I give you the truth that you won't hear it in CNN or Fox News. And when we start saying it in any of these political, they stop you. They, wanna hear, they don't want to hear it. And I encountered this before. So we are going to tell you the truth, documented. And you have the right to ask, give me the proof for this. I'm going to bring the proof. By the way, sorry, my part, of <laughs> part of my graduation, I graduated, I get courses in Islam in the biggest Islamic university worldwide. Are you familiar with this name, El Azhar? Are you familiar with this? I got part of my graduation in this university. Uh, sorry, from this university. Not in, but outside campus. And this is not allowed for a Christian to go. And I have to pay a lot of money under table to get these courses and professors to teach me why Muslims think this way. Osama bin Laden graduated from this place. Zawahri graduated from this place. Most ISIS leader graduated from this place. Part of my graduation is from, from this place. So I know what's deep inside Islam. Thank you. Well, on that note, let's pray and get out of here. And if you want to talk to Daniel, Van's going to be here with him, please. Make yourself available. He wants to be available. So well, did you guys enjoy it? A lot more to learn. Amen, huh? Lord, we just... Uh, Pray for our brother, Lord, that you'd use his ministry powerfully, Lord. And if you want to use this hospital on Greenway and Reams to be an effective light, we'd ask that uh, as we would we would hear the call not to be, oh, Lord, spiritual jihadists, Lord. Oh, that cut me to the quick. Yes, silent jihad. That's right. Silent jihad. Just pray that we wouldn't do that, Lord. We ask that you'd use us, Lord, and, and use this man. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. God bless you guys. He'll be back in the table if you want to talk.